It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin with The Good News. Quite a good news team here today. Eric Raymer is here uh, and a radio pal, buddy, PR guy, and also uh, producer Dave, Beatrice Bruno, drill sergeant of life, Michelle Betts, real estate and friend. Michelle Ron, uh, a former teacher, uh, Miss Senior America, singer, speaker, dancer, wow. all bet. Are you a dancer? Oh, in my next life. God I, is going to let me do that. I yeah. cannot <laughs> believe some of my best friends have been coming together. You know, Terry Fisher's close. Yeah. Uh, and Gail Novak, right. Arlene uh, Johnson, who you right. just uh, went to her home, oh, and you, home. and I loved it. Oh, I know her place home. is just unbelievable, oh, isn't it? But it's neat sakes. to see yeah. when a lot of your Very friends fun. end up coming together in the same circle. Yeah. So. I love that. All right, we have a um, one of your things, Michelle, and you always giggle when I say it, but is uh, being friends with different generations and people learning from the older generations, uh, the importance of grandparents and Mr. Rubenstein yep. that would wait on the porch for you when you were a little kid. Yep. He'd come home and uh, he'd be, he made he'd, you feel important. Oh, he uh, well, I just true i mean i didn't look at it at the time it was it was not a big deal at all because it was the way that i had always grown up um and you know, you kind of say that Mr. Rubenstein was on the porch next door as I went up the stairs to our apartment, and he'd always greet me and uh, say, how was your day? And after you put your stuff down, come sing to me. I think people today oh, you would, would go sing to him? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that part. Oh, and, and then, but people today would kind of say, oh, yeah, right. That's pretty weird. It was never weird. It was never, it was a, it was a commune. Oh, just, you are my sunshine. Give me a, a little sample. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But which little media would you want here? But it was just the thing that um, my mom worked a 60 hour week and I it was a community that took care of each other. And Love it was that. all generations. And I was not the only young one coming home to an apartment alone. But it was all of us were cared for by people who were there. And what a concept. I love that. We yeah. kind of have that in our neighborhood now. Yeah, and good. Um, I really love that because I, I can uh, email or text at least five of them and say, anybody going to be at the school at this time to get my kids good. or anyone going to blah, blah, blah. I really That's love nice that. That yeah. is good. Yeah. I really appreciate that <laughs> very much. Um, okay. So this is about, well, you introduce it, Producer Dave. So this is this story. This is from Boyd Hoopert. Oh, uh, from, Minnesota, from Minnesota, right? And so uh, this is about a little boy who um, he was born with a genetic disorder, and he has to spend a lot of time in the hospital. And then he met—I uh, can't remember his name. We'll, tell, we'll learn his name. But this guy's like his joy for life and everything is infectious, even through the recording. And then he—it's no wonder that they made a connection, and they made a connection because he wanted to go take him to get popcorn. And this kid learned everything about popcorn now, and mm. it's just the sweetest. Most awesome, pure friendship. When I feel like driving, nobody understands but you, girl. On one floor, the janitor. And five stories down, excited. Yeah. 
like it's Christmas Day. Yeah. The protege. <laughs> if you're into warm reunions, stick around. I love the kids. <laughs> Things are about to get popping. He's just been my heart. Gregory Watson is talking about Cooper Baltzell. We got a popcorn great book for Who is currently delivering a five-minute dissertation Just on his favorite subject. Pops, popcorn. He knows a lot about popcorn. We got some popcorn. Cooper became fond of that popcorn machine in the library at U of M Masonic Children's Hospital, where Gregory mopped his floor. And Cooper, born with a genetic disease affecting his digestive system, has spent too much time to measure. A long, long time. Ashley Boltzel is Cooper's mom. I don't even know. And Gregory <laughs> is his friend. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Good. Where my hug at? Come on now. It was just about a year ago when Gregory, newly assigned to the fifth floor, asked Cooper if he'd like to join him on a walk downstairs for popcorn. We can have some popcorn. Yeah. You want some? Um, yeah. Like salt and butter, <laughs> they belonged together. I want two bags today. Please. Good. And then who's the other bag for? For, for Gregory. When doesn't popcorn taste better? Shared. This popcorn is good. <laughs> it's been a few weeks now since Cooper's last hospital stay. So what you been up to? Not baseball? You don't like baseball either? But he loves coming to visit. For his potty chart, be like five stickers and then you get a prize. One time he said that he wanted his prize to be to go to the hospital. Gregory's good cheer, whatever the task, couldn't help but rub off. He's told me that he's Gregory. And it's, our floors are very clean right now. I just love the floors. You almost done? No. I want more popcorn. <laughs> and why wouldn't he, considering the seeds? He was my best friend. That have already blossomed. <laughs> Wonderful. His best friend, Gregory Watson, is his Mr. Rubenstein. He is, and, and I just think it's phenomenal that that this little little one with digestive problems can eat all this popcorn. <laughs> You're right about that. Oh, oh yeah. I am Fiber. from experience yeah. here. Yeah. Yes. But that is great. That's wonderful. I have that same uh, potty chart at home. <laughs> yes. And, uh, every, every five, I get to go somewhere special. <laughs> we need rewards. I like that. I work for goals. Goals and rewards. Oh, you my bet. God. That is so funny. Um, uh, <laughs> just as a side note, you know, the whole thing. I don't know what happened. The other day I was uh, voice texting producer Steve, and I went, I'm going down to start the segments for the 11 a.m. in the studio downstairs. He knows I'm going downstairs. Sounds so my kids enough. must have said something at the same time because it says, I'm going down to start right now. See the potty. I love you. <laughs> and so I saw it later because Steve hadn't said? responded. Well, I, I sometimes I don't look. I was in a hurry with no, the kids. I have learned kids, to look. We were leaving Careful. for the bus stop. So I wrote to Steve. I went, I don't know what that message I sent you was about, but it was obvious a mistake. Steve writes back, producer Steve, I've learned not to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because we had a conversation about that because you've texted me some wacky stuff. <laughs> Over the years, and uh, I'm like, 
you got to decipher it or just what? Let what did go. you say? Yeah. Please repeat well, that. Well, if you see underneath on my Facebook, people yeah. calling their pastor, like a pastor so-and-so, but it comes out different. Oh. And then I had a friend whose husband's name was Dennis, and it came out as something else when she uh, was voice right. text- texting him. She said he did not think it was very funny every time that she said Dennis, it came out as something else. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dangerous. One time yes. I, I wrote to my neighbor because I was in the car and it's, I'm like, tell him blah, 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 blah. And it said, you're so cute. I love you. Something like that. <laughs> and then I, I looked and I'm like, oh, goodness. And I had to write him back right away. I'm like, no, I did not say that. I said something. And Siri thought it was this. Siri. Well, I was uh, messaging my pastor once, too, and I did look. And it had naughty words. I don't even use naughty words. Right. And it was like, wait, no, why does the voice text or Siri or talk to text um, actually think instead of pastor that you're saying a bad word? You know what I mean? Like, why is Siri more likely to think it's a bad word? Because maybe that's used more or more common? I don't know. And you see it in reverse the same thing. I want it to, to spell Christmas, and it won't spell Christmas to save my life. Really? No. no. Hmm. It, 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 it refuses to finish the word. Really? Or if I'm typing Chris, you know, Christmas, and I'm typing it out, huh. I'll get to C R H or C H R I S T M A, and it still won't autofill with Christmas. What? Has no idea what wow. you're talking about. Huh? That's bizarre. It is. Yes, yeah, some of these talk to text, you have to be pretty careful about these. Well, Siri is kind of crazy anyway because <laughs> I, I ask Siri questions like, "Well, what did you have to drink last night?" I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Siri's Siri, Siri a genteel woman. I guess she is. <laughs> well, me and all, me and two of my kids sound pretty similar, mm-hmm. and so if if any any of us say hi Siri or hey Siri, like all of our phones and tablets are like, how can I help you? <laughs> Siri. Okay, yeah. this is what we've come to I in know. our society. This is what we've come to. I we know. could just say the word and Siri will respond. How can I help you today? Well, I'm surprised she's not asking you right now. You know, it's always fun when you're on radio because you never know where people are listening. Sometimes yes. they listen to their homes, maybe their office or whatever. And uh, before they fixed it, uh, the, the Alexa, yeah, Alexa, yeah, they would say Alexa, order Tide Pods, and all of a sudden, all around the country, people's Tide Pods, Pods. would be ordered Ugh. because somebody on the radio said it. Really, and the radio was playing, and Alexa picked it up. Oh. Yeah, there was a Burger King commercial. Oh. Really, there was a big controversy because there's a Burger King commercial that from the TV said order Burger King and all these people ordered <gasps> Burger King with oh their goodness. Alexas they didn't even know. <laughs> wow. And so it's this thing. And so it's like you can't do the FCC won't let you say that stuff on the TV on TV anymore. I don't know about the radio. How can they stop us from saying anything? I, I, I didn't radio? say it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say it. <laughs> I don't know I was about just I don't know about us, story. I just know you can't like make advertisements with it in it. In That's there. scary. Like telling up people's series really to do is. something. Send Michelle Betts one million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. And Beatrice Bruno too. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> okay, when the phone starts saying ding, ding, Siri. ding. Okay, oh, we got a million dollars, girl. Let's go. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I can't believe how these uh, the technology. I just did an interview this morning about uh, about you know smart garages and smart homes and with these um, ring doorbells and the different mm-hmm. tech um, that you can that are like motion activated and all of a sudden you know someone's on your porch and um, one of the cameras uh, caught. It was outside of uh, L.A. in Downey. I saw it on the ABC affiliate in Los Angeles. There was um, a guy breaking into a car uh, in the driveway. So it was in front of the house, and the cameras uh, caught um, 
a furry neighborhood watch member, apparently, not a dog, um, running off and, like, scaring the um, the, uh, the guy trying to break into the car. It was a coyote of all oh. things uh-huh. outside of Los Angeles oh, wow. to run up to a guy breaking into a car, the coyote, and they caught it. on the. You would not believe what they catch now in these things. I love it when, like, two guys had vests on. One of my favorites was they, two guys had vests on, and uh, they were pretending like they were working in the neighborhood. And the guy was, like, you know, in another country, and he sees his ring go off, and then he says to him, you with orange vest, I know what you're trying to do. Get away from my house right now, right now. And I was like, wow. I told my co-host, I'd be like, hey, bad guy, you step away from my door. He goes, no, you don't say it like that. They're not leaving with some wimpy thing. He goes, you on my porch, you're about ready to die. He goes, that's Ooh. what you say. Like, okay. you will die. If you don't leave the porch in 30 seconds, you are going to die. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I like right. the, uh, the the Allstate commercial that's out there, uh, Mayhem, and, and oh, yeah. the ring, Mayhem. ring catches him. And he's, what are you doing? Oh, I'm here to, to steal, steal your, your car. car. What? Right. <laughs> it's, just, right. it's what I do. It's very clever. What? <laughs> nah. Finishes it up. Did you, you know, see in Santa, I'm sorry. That's all right, go ahead, Did Mimi. you see in Santa Rosa this morning, a mountain lion was outside Macy's? What? In the mall, uh, and it was it was literally just kind of camped out in their little garden thing. It needs thing. a new fur coat. Oh, my <laughs> exactly! Gosh. Right, right. I mean, or lunch, or lunch, something like that. Yeah, big one, or very big one. Didn't you have that That's friend a couple years ago that found bears having a party in her pool? Oh, oh yeah, my girlfriend outside of L.A. too. She lives near the San Gabriel Mountains, but it's, you know she's right outside of L.A. near Pasadena, and uh, they she had a family of bears that um, they come frequently, I guess. But they got into her pool, and then they got into her little area where she feeds her cats, and we're eating the cat food in the little oh, kind of uh, screened-in porch area. And That's kind of scary. Yeah, that, yeah, that is scary. That one That's went viral. Scary. Didn't I Most post I've, it on Facebook? Yes, yeah. I think I saw it like yeah. on the news, and then yeah. you were like, "That's actually my friend." Yeah. Yeah, my like, what? I That's know. scary. That, what else we've ever had oh. is ducks. Well, they're brown bears. <laughs> they're not like, it's not like a mountain lion, which is a pretty ferocious brown bears, you know, in uh, California aren't, aren't like your grizzly. You know, not that you want them in your pool, but it's not the same. Oh, I know she's talking no. to them through the room. Hi. Hi there. You know, she's all, she's an animal lover. Mm, I so love animals too, running. but. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's away. a limit. There's Go a limit. Away. Yes, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, but those things, man. Now they pick up so many things. It is mm-hmm. just crazy. But it, it's amazing to me the um, the wildlife that's you know kind of I don't know I, since I cover news um, every day. I've had so many stories out of Florida with them, you know, the alligators. Oh, yeah. There was a guy in right. his 80s trying to get in. It was I think like a. It's between eight and eleven feet. I've done so many stories lately. But That's it's average. A huge alligator. That's but, average. But huge for an eighty-year-old, eighty-plus-year-old man to try to get with a a stick noose. You know the stick noose. So anyway, he tried to get him. Well, right. He was trying to capture. Yeah, him. and he lost his balance. Yeah. Which my dad does, just walking across going the backyard, a, even not trying to get a ten-foot alligator. Uh, right. Going to a death so roll. He started to drag him towards the water to get him into the death roll, and then he called nine one one and said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I'm in my eighties. I'm trying to uh, do a the stick." noose to get the alligator out of my yard anyway they had to get the professionals to come help him and my advice is whether you're 80 or not 80 plus or not don't try to get the alligator out of your backyard with a little noose on a stick 
No, you know, it, it's help. very common. I mean, our yeah, our pond right behind Florida. us has, right. I mean, it is very common. You also need common sense. You do yes. not go within. That common I mean, sense, duh. that's not that's common. Not common. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's that's not. a good point. That's a good <laughs> wow. point. Yeah. You know, but when yeah. I was in Florida earlier this year, <laughs> and I was doing my walk and, mm -hmm. and, and going along, and I saw the sign that says, beware of alligators. Mm -hmm. I turned around real quick <laughs> and went back to my hotel room. See, that, that's <laughs> common sense. That's, that's common that's sense. Wisdom, right? exactly. Oh yes, uh, I don't exactly. play with no alligators. They, mm -mm. Right. they, they don't play fair. No, no. see, and so and uh, they are quick. I mean, you don't you see. Think, they, yeah, you think they're you very think. slow, and they are not at all. And so. this little eighty-year-old man was trying well, to get it with the news. Yeah, ridiculous. the little stick with the news on it. Yeah, and it not lost. It. He lost his balance, and yeah. Okay, can they I go ahead called. and start something today? If what? He was white, wasn't he? Come on, come you on. Cannot see, say black, that. black folk would be like, oh no, we got to go now. Ted, come on, it's time to go. Uh uh. Haven't see? you guys played the Florida Man game? What is What's the, the Florida, Florida Man game? So you can go to Google, you type in Florida Man, and then your birthday. Oh, okay. And then it, it'll tell everybody a different headline from that day and usually because oh. florida has a special laws where they have to release all the cr the crimes that's why they have the best crimes from florida in the news all the time but if you type in any day florida man in any day you come up with a wacky headline that is so interesting mine was for my birthday yeah mine was florida man dressed like fled fred flintstone pulled over for dui Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to, you I'm know, I'm going right to do now. it. Well, and, you know, and, okay. and I have said every time we go to Florida, I can't believe all the icky headlines that are in the paper. Yeah, we don't get the paper there. down there anymore. I mean, and for that reason, it's every single negative headline. They have well, a weird law where it's like everything has to be publicly disclosed or something like well, that. Mine, so that's really? mine was positive. It says okay. Florida man beats ATM, says it gave too much cash. <laughs> Oh, um, I got one. Florida man, 100, dies in crash trying to avoid hitting sandhill cranes. Well, at oh. least he was oh. trying to do the right thing. Was he, was he Why was he flying? driving? Were they no, walking? he was driving. This is but boy, there, my, um, my co-host, uh, Mike, on my other program, he found the uh, top 25 uh, Florida man uh, headlines ever, and they were good. I mean, huh. there wasn't a bad one there. And we have affiliates in Florida uh, near Tampa, and yeah. I think we've got another uh, station joining us on the program. Good, so good. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Florida. It's one of my I, I, one of my favorite places too. Me too. To I go. love it down there. Oh, it's in the, the headlines are just hilarious. Oh, well, they, my gosh, it's so are negative. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say that um, it's just such a blessing to have all of you guys here. And uh, in case, you know, you aren't a regular Good News listener, what we do is we talk about some of the good news stories, but we share, you know, the good news of Christ as well. But I, when I first started the good news, I felt like there were a lot of Christian programs that non-Christians, like if you've just, you know, clicked and flipped around and you end up on Christian radio, if you're not a Christian already, there was a lot of lingo and preaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. And I thought I wanted to show with real people Christians trying to navigate the world so that whether you're Christian or not, you could really relate to us and go, wow, I can relate to them. And we're not using that. I was down on my face before Jesus. It was a season of my life, mm -hmm. you know, with all the lingo that a lot of the Christians and the pastors use, which, <laughs> you know, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm a Christian. I get it. But I always felt like, gosh, if you're not Christian, you tune into just yeah. preaching. Like, is it foreign to you? Does it feel weird? And I wanted people to just that maybe have never gone to church, be able to listen to us and go like, oh, they're just like me. Mm -hmm. Which we are. Yeah. We, yeah. Just, we just have Christ. It's normal people. Which makes life, I guess, some, uh, we can navigate better, I feel like, with Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
There is no way to not nav- to navigate without Christ. That's right. Not, not well. That's very true. Oh, not well. We Eventually, it's going to catch up. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it really will. Wow. I, and I, you know, I thank God for Jesus every day. I really do because if it wasn't for Jesus in my life, I really don't know where I would be. Mm-hmm. I don't because my life was such a. Um, it was very interesting as a child. And I should have been dead a long time ago, but God. But God. But God, you know. And so I thank God for Jesus every day because had he not saved me, I would not be here today. I really would not. Well, we sure do appreciate having you on. Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, author, speaker, and she's also getting into the financial business as well. And Michelle Betts in real estate. Michelle Ron, she does speaking all over as well. And Eric Raymer, he is a... uh, a radio guy, but also a PR guy. And uh, so you can reach out to any of us. Dave now is doing podcasts, producer Dave. Uh, AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. If you want to reach out to any of us, please just contact us there, and I'll uh, pass your email on to any of the guests you wish to speak with. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie and Mike here. You know, Mike likes to give something. It's called feedback. Other times I call it something that starts with a C, but regardless, he's usually pretty good at it, actually. And we're going to talk about the art of giving and receiving feedback, Mike, today with Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Are you up for this? Of course I am. I love feedback. It's the only way we get better. It's true. It's true. Hi, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Angie. Yes, as you know, we like to talk about things that are rather timely and something that's been in the wind. Maybe it's spring break. Maybe it's close to graduation. Maybe it's the end of the semester. But a lot of my students and employees and and clients, they're all struggling with a 
don't shoot the messenger. When we offer feedback, the way you offered it is fabulous. But many people hear criticism. They hear we suck and we are attacking them and all kinds of interesting things that people take personal. So I have got a fabulous tip that I use with my students. And the thing is, is to separate yourself, the writer, the person, the worker, the insert category here from you, the person. When we can look at what exactly what Mike said is feedback is just the opportunity to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. It's that simple. But when our ego gets in the way and when our emotions get in the way and we feel personally attacked, then we go on the defensive. And then no matter what anyone tells us, we are going to absolutely shut down and shut off. So I do two things. I ask people to separate themselves and then I ask permission. And that permission is going, you know what, Angie, can I give you some feedback? Would you be open to it? If I can get you to buy in, then you're far more acceptable and receptive as opposed to defensive. So what do you think about that, Mike? Well, sometimes it's hard to go in with that whole permission thing. And Mike doesn't do that. Mike doesn't do that. (laughs) Beg forgiveness, right? But he has really good feedback. I think I'm being criticized here. <laughs> no, but well, I, I actually appreciate the honesty of somebody because Michael do it knowing sometimes it might irritate me, but he's right. You do get better or it makes the show better. So I actually do appreciate people that have the courage to give it because it takes some guts or you know whaties to do it. Mike. But it also depends on how you do it, though. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be defensive yourself. You can offer it as a gift instead of criticism. And then the perspective is a little bit different. Look, I've been involved in a couple of interventions in my life. (laughs) Am I on the receiving end of a criticism (laughs) intervention today? Is that what's going on? It is hilarious. No. No veiled attempts at all. Trust me, you're smarter than both of us. So, no, the, the interesting thing here is that if you have an idea on how to make something better, the best way, I believe, to actualize, actually, act, to make that happen, is to try and figure out how does that person that you want to share that information with best receive direction? Because sometimes it's a sledgehammer right between the eyes, and sometimes it's a pie with a little surprise inside that is your direction. And if you have time to figure out what presentation is going to work best, then you can do it. And there are some times where it's like, there is a lion running at us. We don't have time to make a pie. Shoot the damn lion. (laughs) (laughs) A pie. That's hilarious. I love pie. Oh, and I don't love lions when they're running at me. But um, that is such a perfect way to put it. And, you know, I've gotten so used to Mike that I'm not offended when he gives me criticism. I'm sorry, uh, feedback, whatever we want to call it. But with my husband, I get super nervous and almost sweaty when he's watching one of my kids' games because I like for a child to receive feedback. I call, with Mark, I, my husband, I think it's criticism. But he's watching a game, and he's a great basketball player. The kids are all into it. And then he's found, you know, three things they've done wrong. And I'm like, before you do the three things that have gone wrong or that, you know, they already are almost in tears about at the game and they know they made a mistake, would you mind giving some kudos first? Like with a kid, I think you need more than just the permission. Do you mind if I give you some feedback? I almost feel like for every criticism you need like an attaboy some kind of a kudos so they're not completely demoralized and on a heap in the backseat of the car for the whole ride home 
Well, and there's something, per, you know, for that, you know, the, the professional version is the sandwich technique. But I have found that when you sandwich it, meaning you do the good thing, then the bad thing, the good thing, they only remember the good parts of it. So I really think it has to be a way you do it as opposed to, hey, you know, you really were really good out there. But there are some things that we might be able to do better. Do you think we can talk about them instead of saying, man, you suck. You got to do this better. You're not going to do this. You know, I mean, it's all a matter, in my opinion, of technique. And I don't think we t- give technique. I know we don't teach technique, but we have to teach how to receive the feedback as well as how to give it. I've had to prepare my students going, all right, this is going to be a little tough for you. I want to help manage your ego. I want to help Sarah. So I, I set them up for success by warning them what's coming so that they're ready. And then they said, okay, I know this is part of the process. I'm going to give it to you with love and kindness. Don't think that I'm being mean and, and hurtful just because I can. And I'm, I'm the giver of the feedback, but it's all about what do you want the goal to be? And I've only had one person ever shut me down and say, no, I'm not ready for this today. It's not the right frame of mind. And I think you both have to have that technique because giving is not as easy, is, is not any less difficult than receiving it. It's easy for my husband to give the criticism. I mean, he, it just rolls off his tongue. And I just feel that <clears throat> with kids, the sandwich ways you put it might be a little bit better. I don't know. But I think to Mike's credit is really is I think you have to find works with that person. So, Mike, we, we applaud what you're saying because you're right. Sometimes time is of the essence and you have to tell them now or the lion's going to eat you. But other times you might be able to soft serve it or you might have it so that they hear you. Because if your receiver doesn't hear you, giving the feedback is useless yeah oh yeah 100 percent. and there are times that um and and i've tried to do this um it's not always easy there are times that you have to check yourself before you give someone an idea or a correction because your own attitude might be wrong that day and you could waste that opportunity or that that advice based on what your own condition is that day so um, it's hard to be mindful of that, but you have to try and do it if you're going to be successful and at least efficient on, on a regular basis. Well, I think the outcome is also what's the whole point of doing this? I mean, is it to make you feel better, to make you feel worse, to make them feel better, to make them feel worse? I look at the end result going, well, if you want to graduate – then we're going to have to improve these things in order to pass the next stage of review. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of, you know, I have a friend of mine, sometimes it's tough love, Mike, it's suck it up, buttercup. You know, you've got to look at here's the end goal and it's not going to get any easier, whether I give it to you nicely or I give it to you with a two by four between the eyes. The end result is it's got to get her done. But other times that opportunity could be maybe done differently. Well, your outcome is very tangible. You've got students, um, you know, with Mike and I, generally it's like a commercial break or, I mean, he, and I never have like an hour to chat. We have like four minutes to chat, you know, three and a half minutes to chat. And not only we're deciding on content, but maybe on making something better, et cetera. So with us, it is the lion is coming. There's no time to make the pie. Um, but you I, already already have that relationship in place so that Mike's not going to get terribly offended when you give him that three second right between the eyes, because you know, that's how he prefers it. And that's all the time you have. And he understands that he's not going to not talk to you for 10 years because of it. Yeah. And there's the history where it's like, you know, exactly. we, we're friends we can count on each other like he's always there when I need him and our team like we never let each other down so we kind of know we're going to be there at the end of the criticism but I think we're focusing on how to give the criticism and not as much on the taking it 
And I think that's so important because I see in meetings, et cetera, that people really aren't very good at taking feedback and that they do see it as criticism and they almost automatically get, um, you know, uh, defensive. Don't you see this, Mike, in the workplace? Because you've been in lots of um, establishments with lots of millennials for that matter. (laughs) I often find the more experienced worker has a higher tolerance for feedback and or criticism. Do you think because they just haven't been taught how? Yeah, because they've been coddled, because they've been told that everything is perfect. They get a trophy for everything they do. This is a, uh, I I guess, a uh, side, not benefit, but detriment of the trophy generation. Well, that's why I'm learning a little bit more that I have to preface my students and teach them how, because I have a few of them have gone off the rails and I just have to back them up. It's like, hey, you have a choice. I don't have to give you any of this feedback, but then you complain you're not making the progress. I can soft serve it to you. I will give you what you're not expecting, but I have to teach you how to graciously and eloquently or our relationship isn't going to work because what you want me to do isn't going to happen for you. That's tough because no one's ever taught them how to receive feedback. They've just expected them to. And then they go off the rails and off to the races we go, so to speak, you know. Well, I think that's I think why it's so important, as you mentioned, to do that little um, little aside. Um, I have some feedback. How do you word it? What do you say? How honest do you want me to be? Sometimes is what I'll ask, and that kind of prepares them. And most of the time, the reaction is, "Oh, this isn't going to be good news." I'm going, "Well, I wouldn't call it not good news or bad news. I just don't think it's what you're expecting," and that helps them kind of take a deep breath of air and prepare themselves for what they weren't expecting. Because if they're receptive, I have one student, Susie Sunshine, it doesn't matter what you tell her, she is the most amazing student to work with. And I've had employees like that. And I've had others, my gosh, you tell them that, you know, they've got spinach in their teeth, and they will just go off the rails. So it's, it's really a preparing them to get them in that bright frame of mind so that you can move that conversation and be productive. But not everybody receives it. And if you don't teach them how, I think, as Mike says, you've lost that opportunity and it could be gone forever or you really upset them to the point that they won't talk to you for months. Joining me, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, the academic entrepreneur. And Cheryl, we often talk about developing a brand and really that applies to us too in our work. And, you know, when I put things on Facebook, it always goes with my brand. And that is that I'm a mom and a news person, so I like to put positive things out there and develop my brand as a positive news person mom who's also a Christian. So those are kind of like my themes. But how on earth do you develop a brand? Well, this is very interesting because many people believe brand is the logo. Brand is what you see. And that isn't. It is. It's exactly what you say it is, is what do people say about you as the brand? And so I go to a lot of these conferences. I just got back from four and five and a half weeks and I like to go to wow. business conferences. And I met somebody who is absolutely amazing. Uh, his name is Brian Smith. He's the founder of Ugg Boots, the billion dollar brand. And so who would know more about international branding? than this particular gentleman. And as a side, I'm so excited. He's agreed to write the forward for our next book that's coming up in August. So I am like over the moon because we're writing a book on So yes, I mean, kind of nice hanging with billionaires. But here's what got my attention. And we've talked about this many times in this program is to think about what is the difference between that entrepreneur mindset, that business understanding, then others who typically work for someone else. And this book really got me 
thinking because Brian is wonderful to be able to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and the really ugly, and all of the things that he had to do to get to where he is. And what got my attention is when he was looking about building his brand, it was all about two major things that he, even though he eventually, I would say about year eight, nine, 10, he started making millions of dollars. But the problem is he didn't get to keep it. And I always thought going, how is it that companies who are making millions of dollars can suddenly decide that they don't want the founder there? We we talked about this on your show, right? About Steve Forbes, Steve Jobs and the fact that his own company kicked him out and then hired him back. And this happened with Brian as well. And so his first piece of advice, he goes, you need to maintain control of your brand at all times. He goes, I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how bad it gets. You gotta have that 51% because just like you said in your opening statement, you need to control your values. You're a Christian mom. You're a, a mom who's raising kids and working. You have your brand for the radio show with you and Mike. It's really important that you're in control of that. And unfortunately in the business, in the business world when we're looking for financing and capital and all those types of things we tend to compromise a little bit because we think the goal is to get the money out there and to get the brand out there and the challenge was is brian's like you know what no matter what it is you can't have your own company decide through shenanigans and backyard deals and all kinds of stuff that it's not going to stay with you. And that to me was the biggest aha moment. Because again, I used to think people are successful, the Steve Jobs and the Bryans, these are million and billion dollar brands. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul and they make millions of revenues, but they don't keep it. And that was my biggest aha moment going, wow, it just passes through their fingers until they understood about control and margin. And I thought for those who are entrepreneurs, for those who are building their brand, the idea of control, the idea of making sure that you're going to retain your company, you founded it. And yet how many companies have we heard about that have been founded and the founders are kicked to the wind and that always really brought it home to me going, how is that even possible? That is so wild. All right, let's talk about that birth of a brand. You mentioned uh, that this uh, this author, so impressed by him, uh, you know, when you met him at this uh, business conference that you go to so many of, I love those as well. And the Ugg brand being one that is so well known. Uh, my daughter's got Ugg boots, they're expensive. And uh, we bought them, actually, um, I lucked out and got them at a thrift store because they're like, many of them are over 200 bucks. Right. It seems like, wow, how are you getting um, people to pay pay 200 bucks for a pair of boots that are those, you know, fuzzy boots that are like um, suede and then they've got a little bit of lamb's wool that comes out of the top and a lot of people wear them just as even shoes in the summer, even though they are a winter boot. So with that said, I'd be interested to know some of the tricks to developing that brand because Ugg is known as quality and comfort and it's kind of a brand, um, like a kind of a brand name that's known as high end per se for that type of boot. Correct. Well, the name of the book is called The Birth of a Brand, An Unlikely Startup Story of the Billion Dollar Brand. And this is of Ugg Boots. And what got my attention is many of us think that you start out with all of these orders. They start out with the organic boots on the ground, grassroots. His idea of going through starting this was going to the surfer. And you wouldn't consider the surfer deal with boots like you just said these are intentionally winter boots brought from australia and yet they crossed through other markets but the way 
Brian Biltz's brand was boots in the ground and shaking hands and going to the people. And, and he even said, he goes, even when things get bad, the loyalty of the people, because they knew him by shaking his hand, they knew him by loyalty. They knew him about selling books from the back of the truck on the beach and the beacher, you know, the, the folks before they were famous, right? He never forgot where he came from, even when he entered into the high end market, which is eventually, like you said, that's where um, Ugg Boots is, it's a premier brand, but that wasn't where it started. And there were some interesting interesting ways. That's why I adored the book is that a lot of people tend to gloss over the, the ugly. They like to keep on the good part of going. But Brian went into every horrible thing that happened. The people who tried to take the company away from him, the people who tried to compromise his copyright and the brand. And, and part of the, the story is the persistence and the no matter what happens is always being true to you and your values. Like what you have said on this program for, for years that I've worked with you is always being that authentic leader. And he always remembered, even when he got a little bit too big for his britches, so to speak, and he went beyond where he went. He always went back to the people who helped him start in there and was the shaking of hands, looking at somebody in the eye and treating people the way they should be treated, even though business doesn't always work that way. Isn't that amazing? Business fundamentals. It's just different zeros that are different, but the fundamentals are still the fundamentals, Angie. Right? Yeah, no kidding. And, and how nice to learn from the experts or people who've already made their mistakes per se. All right, Cheryl, your website? DrCherylLentz.com. Thank you, Cheryl. You betcha. YMCA of the Rockies and Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family-friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Welcome back. Angie Austin here. Well, graduation season is a special time of year. We're seeing all those pictures posted by parents of prom, etc. A lot of milestones being celebrated and memories being made. Here with us is DIY craft expert Lynn Lilly to share some timely tips for creating picture-perfect graduation gifts that will last a lifetime. Lynn is the author of Screen-Free Crafts Kids Will Love and founder of CraftBoxGirls.com and I've been perusing the site and I am a new fan. Welcome Lynn Lilly. Thanks so much for having me Andy and I'm glad you're a new fan. My daughters would love this stuff. We love to craft (laughs) together. I love that it's screen free and then graduation time. Um, Can you make some suggestions about a crafty graduation special? Absolutely. So whether your grad is graduating from pre-K, high school, or college, I think creating a celebration that's as unique as the grad is most important. And I think the easiest way to do that is with photos. So creating personalized photo gifts, 
decorations, and even cards is a great way to show your grad some extra love. I love that idea. And I love anything, I don't know, from the heart that's special that Mm -hmm. kids have worked on for sure. And how difficult, you know, are some of these crafty gifts? They look pretty cute on the website. Okay, so it depends on the gift and the crafter. Now, if you're a little bit, you know, more of an expert at crafting, you can get a little bit more adventurous. But for the everyday person, which is who I like to focus on, I think photos are a great way to craft a personalized and memorable gift. And the Kodak Picture Kiosk makes it really easy to do that. You can create photo gifts like magnets and photo panels. It's available at most CVS and Target locations. And the best part is, for us last-minute mamas, you can get them done the same day. Oh, I love the idea, the same day. Okay, I didn't know that. So Target's got a kiosk, Mm -hmm. too, and CVS? Yep, and CVS. All right. All right, do you have any suggestions for being, uh, you know, personalizing, uh, you know, the big events in your life? or it's a birthday party or even a retirement, I like to spend a little extra time and create photo banners. I think it's a great way to showcase your grad and their fellow graduating friends, and it's a keepsake for after the event. That's a cute idea. How about the invitations for graduation? Okay, so we've got hundreds of different card options with the Kodak Picture Kiosk. And here's a great tip. Most of those are 30% off during the month of May at your local CVS or Target. So it really is the one-stop shop for personalized photo invitations, announcements, and even thank you cards. You just walk into your CVS or Target. You go to the kiosk, design it. Most are ready same day. And as a benefit, they come with envelopes. So it really is so easy. Now, when it comes to some of the things you've done, obviously you're a professional crafter, but give us a general idea about some of the favorite things that you've created and how long it took you to make them. Okay, so I like to make things easy, and one of my favorites is making a memory board. So taking a nice wooden plaque, whether you buy it as all-natural wood or you paint it, and then use one of your announcements or invitations that you already printed out because it's got your grad's photo on it, and then add that to the board along with something else special. So maybe it's their graduate tassel, and then decorate that with maybe some other photos, maybe their name. You can just add some fun, easy, personalized texture, and you can make that in under 15 minutes. That's pretty cool. That's really neat. Now, uh, your book, you have a book out as well, I was noticing, on the website, in addition to the to the uh, kits. Uh, any mm-hmm. favorites in your book? And tell us about the book. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal with the book was to create crafts that got kids off of the TV, putting down that iPad, and getting back to being a creative kid. So the book is filled with crafts for kids ages 4 all the way up to 12, and crafts that they can either make by themselves or do with their friends or brothers and sisters. And it's a lot of materials that you already have at home, so you're not having to run to the craft store. Um, But there's a lot of really great and easy ideas that your kids can do in there, and that also helps some of their sensory skills. And I like to, you've got different age groups, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, any favorites or, you know, like a bestseller kind of um, uh, crafty idea? Well, I think from a bestseller standpoint for all ages, anything with photos is always super popular. So mm-hmm. from the book to even my website, creating photo crafts has been a big hit the last few years. It's been trending because for a while people weren't printing out their photos, and now people are realizing they want to be able to have those memories to look back and do creative things with them. So you can display them, and people can enjoy them year-round, or you can put them in an album and add some fun scrapbook pieces to it so it becomes something fun you can look at and enjoy as a family. Well, I think, too, Lily, that um, you know, for hard-
hard to um, gift people like you don't quite know what to get them I get yeah. a lot from the grandparents and every time that I'm there there's some special photo of the grandkids and then I turn it into mm-hmm. a photo gift or plaque or yeah. whatever and I see those displayed all over um, my mother-in-law's home so I, mm-hmm. I don't think you can get anything uh, better than a picture uh, gift of someone uh, you know the people they love Absolutely. Photos are my go-to gift, and that's why I love that the Kodak Picture Kiosk has made it so easy to do. And especially at the last minute, you get most of these things same day, which I don't know about you, but as a mom, half the time I'm last minute. (laughs) So it makes it easy to create a gift that's memorable. So where do we go for more info, Lily? Absolutely. So you can go to CVS or Target if you want to start designing today, or if you want more ideas and products that you can actually design and have shipped to your house, you can go to KodakMoments.com. Excellent. And then your website is craftboxgirls.com? Yep, and we've got thousands of ideas, plus lots of great crafts that you can do with these photos. Excellent. Thank you, Lily. Thanks. Have a great day, Andy. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, sponsored interview. I appreciate you very much. Uh, When we team up with partners like this, it really helps keep our show on the air, and you as well help keep our show on the air. So thank you for supporting the good news. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.